RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Season 4, Episode 1, Journey to Babel, Makeup, Costume Note, Second Revised, Final Draft, September 19th, 1967. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, Star Trek fans, all you canonistas, I say that lovingly, and of course, all our Trekophiles spelled with an F, welcome back to the season premiere, season four. And they said it wouldn't last. (laughs) Of the Trek Files, so glad to have you all back with us. Thanks for listening in. A very special season premiere. We're going to have a couple of firsts today. But first, of course, what you need to do is check us out on Facebook, where we have the document every week for our subject matter taken from Gene's Files. Read along with us for this week's document, and then I'll be back with our very special guest. Gav, the Tellarite, is short, somewhat thick-bodied. Tellar is a savagely cold planet, and Gav's humanoid body is thickly matted with fur. We will not see much of this, as he is well covered with special clothes, which have cold circuits built in for comfort. Gav has an almost human face, but his brows and hairline are especially bushy, and he has a beard and mustache to match. His nose, however, is wide and square at the end, almost a snout. So there you go, Trekophiles. The voice of 1966-67, none other than Dorothy Fontana herself, the bones of, no pun intended, the Tellarites and the Andorians from Journey to Babel. A memo page that actually I was shocked to find and discover only a couple of years ago because (laughs) all the years this script was reprinted, this introductory page was omitted So I was astonished to read this, but who's even more surprised to see this memo is our guest today, veteran of many roles in his his career. Uh, You folks in Chicago may especially remember him from the Chicago Shakespeare Theater's Courtyard Theater production of Henry V a couple of years ago. And now we may best know him as the go-to Tellarite on all things Discovery, Harry Judge. Welcome to the Trek Files. Thanks so much, Larry. Great to be here. It's, and we're great to have you because you are officially you are our first Discovery guest. Wonderful. Wear, wear the crown well. <clears throat> no, I, yeah, so I guess, um, and I say that, uh, you've actually, we can talk about this, you've actually played several Tellarites and had to distinguish between them, which is great. Yay, species diversity. What's, has it been like three different Tellarites? You know, it technically... Uh, we can stretch that to four. I think everyone. Oh, let's would do that. Consi- yeah, everyone would consider the mirror universe uh, iterations of uh, all of our characters as legitimate. And so, in that case, in fact, the first appearance for me <clears throat> in Star Trek Discovery was as the mirror version of Gorge, who we later find find out to be uh, Starfleet Admiral Starfleet Admiral Gorge a couple episodes later. So, in the first season. Uh, we had two Tellarites that I played, both Mirror Gorge mm-hmm. and Admiral Gorge. And then that was followed by um, <clears throat> the appearance of Tevrin Crit in The Escape oh, Artist. Yes. Was, yeah, he was, the fourth, <laughs> he was in the fourth short track leading into season two. And uh, that was, uh, gave us uh, a 
nice strong dose of some Tellerite presence. We can talk <laughs> about that for sure. That might be in the running for the most lines for a Tellerite ever. So, and as well as character development, so very memorable, right? Yeah, I think so. We definitely learned a bit more about them and uh, and got to be on board another Tellerite ship, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later in season two, we saw the appearance of another Tellerite admiral, and this one was distinct from the one in season one. And so if we that count brings us to four different Tellerites and, in Discovery. And I'm very glad that that Tellerite Admiral was distinguished from Gorch because we lost him. So thanks yes. to Control. So, yes. so Gorch lives among other potential Tellerites coming down the line. Well, so so I think it's um, – I mean, obviously you, you auditioned, and I, I want to hear maybe a little bit about how you, how you got the role. And apparently they like you because they keep coming back for you. But uh, you told me um, – you were a original series and even a Next Gen fan. Absolutely, grew up watching Next Gen uh, at like <clears throat> on the ground as it was released. They, it was uh, it was my Friday night fix watching that show, and syndication, of course, for original series was just as popular in Canada as it was in the states and other parts of the world. So it was regularly on <clears throat> in the evenings and afternoons in Canada too. So had a pretty firm exposure to uh kirk and spock and mccoy from the beginning uh very at a very young age and i remember even when i was some of my earliest memories were asking my parents to to attend space camp i don't know if anyone remembers that but <laughs> back in the 80s they nasa was running this uh this sort of this like summer camp called mm-hmm. space camp in houston and so there was uh, there was a great desire for me to um oh, okay to have this, this kind of connection well, it's, to space. It's very much still an ongoing uh, thing in several locations. So. I'm sure it's yeah. it, it's expanded enormously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when I was younger, it was definitely on my radar, pardon the pun. And so, yeah, Next Generation, original series as well, watched Deep Space Nine 2 uh, for some years. And uh, so that's that's kind of grounding in my my background with the show well this is getting i mean we had a great conversation at, at vegas this year harry and that's going to be posted on my site soon but uh, it's getting scary we have a we were it feels like we were both nasa kids and and we've been Tellerite fans so so uh what did you think though so you know junior to babel and you watched next year and you knew the Tellerites disappeared and dorian's basically did but you kind of know that they were there in the movies and the animateds a little bit, and and then Enterprise really brought the Andorians back. But still, um, no Tellerite love. I mean, you if nothing else, you caught up to research the roles, right? Yeah, very much. It it was it, it was more of an after the fact thing. It, you could go, you could watch years and years <laughs> of Star Trek content and not come across a Tellerite. Um, barely even mentioned one, never mind the sighted one. So for me, <clears throat> it was uh, important to to really get a sense of what exactly I was portraying once cast in the role. And so that meant going through all the appearances. And it's true, even in, you know, we've got that wonderful episode in Enterprise uh, called Bounty in season two, which definitely has some influence. I think, I never spoke to Mike about this, but I think has some influence in Mike McMahon's script for, the escape artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when we really get into season four and those appearances in, in 12 and 13, uh, leading into the alliance with those races, the Tellerites are there, but we're, we're so invested in Shran and in that Andorian journey that they do, they are still somewhat of secondary storyline in those episodes. 
Right. They were at least casting people correctly, though, by that time. I know Manny Cotto's told me how they insisted on having actual sh- shorter and uh, squ- not tall beanpoles, as they were doing earlier in the... Did, here's, so that's right. interesting about Bounty, you mentioned. Did you mm-hmm. know that those were just to be generic aliens? And at the last minute, Mike Sussman, who's a big fan, as well as was a writer, producer at the time, at the very last second convinced everyone to let them be Tellarites. Really? Yes. I didn't. It, it seems it seems like such a perfect fit for that storyline that I'm I'm so glad that that kind of got tailored around. Yeah, that's, but that's a whole other story. We'll get to that someday. But that's just sure just for your edification. So, wow, yeah, I didn't so know that. that was kind of a couple of times they started working them in. They were, but really, it's those it's those those that trilogy and those two episodes were with Andorians with the founding of the Federation kind of feel mm-hmm. when Andorians, Tellarites, and Vulcans and humans and Enterprise are. Uh, uh, Babel One and Unity, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so now, were you really a Tellarite fan all these years, or did you really backstory? I mean, you a generic fan and had your favorite things, but you oh really, yeah, no, you really I, dived I, down just when you got the role, or had you? No, really? I didn't know anything about Tellarites <laughs> over the years, not at all. Like, don't, okay. don't kid yourself. I didn't have any grounding in it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I could through all the stuff that I watched. That's why when I actually did the audition, I didn't understand that Tellarite was a pre-existing race. Hmm. I, I didn't. It didn't occur to me that I was auditioning for. It, I just assumed that I was auditioning for a new alien. So, <clears throat> though I'd maybe seen a glimpse here and there of a Tellarite in my viewing, it did not it register, didn't register whatsoever. Now, was, Andorian did, though. I bet. Trace. Right. Even then, because I wasn't auditioning for that part, mm-hmm. I didn't even pay attention to that character description. Oh, okay. So I didn't. Even, I, didn't I wasn't even aware that that was this, the other race that was being that I was. Um, um, engaged with it was clear in the scene that we used that there was an inherent conflict within the two uh, characters. So the scene that we used was basically a combat scene in the cockpit of a ship fighting against Klingons, and there's banter. And and just back to be clear, we're forth. talking about your audition for That's what right. became the Rebel Terran Empire and Tellarite Gorge. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, they knew that the role was going to recur, so there was already a sense that they were going to be having the the appearance in the mirror universe and then follow it up with um the regular starfleet admiral so they they knew that there was going they were going to have multiple appearances um i first committed to three episodes so that was already mm-hmm. planned but <clears throat> uh yeah like i said i didn't realize that it was that those race were the races involved and i was just playing into the conflict that was inherent in the scene itself and then of course well, you find out that it's more of an historical representation of that conflict so sure. that came later so what kind of do you remember what kind of uh, grounding they gave you for just the audition yeah so each of these are uh, generally they'll give a, a, a character breakdown of some of some sorts and the specifics of that will depend on what the casting directors choose to reveal in a given time sometimes they'll give you a lot right. of details sometimes not so much for in this instance the description that they gave for the tellerite that i was auditioning for is uh uh, that they're stubborn and confident and never one to shy away from a fight. Um, the race is known as impatient and full of stubborn pride with a love of arguing. That that's, was the breakdown a, given. Yeah, I yeah. that sounds like you're quoting. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I went back to my uh, to the actual breakdown that was submitted to me a few years ago now. We were talking about, this is 2017, back in about June or so, hmm. uh, when when that audition first came up. 
Well, they had the they had the right handle on it. So here, so let's get back to our file for today, our document. Yes, Dorothy's um, Dorothy's memo page. So I mean, again, this surprised me, but reading this and let's let's hone in on the Tellerite section there. It's Gaff's character, the head ambassador, the chief ambassador. But what what struck you as as you read that? It was uh, what struck me. I think most immediately was her description of them having a, a, an almost human face. So even though there was a sense of it, obviously these are new alien species there. She seemed to envision them as, as fairly close to human with just this, uh, the primary alteration being the nose. That's more like a snout. And I thought that was uh, fascinating given <clears throat> where we've ended up with the Tellarite alien design over the years through the different, Mm-hmm. shows and which you know there's no way you'd possibly mistake <laughs> any of the tellerites now as almost human so I, I just think it's fascinating to where you see the the seed of an idea and how it it grows and evolves given the different environments that then take that on and ke- apply their own creativity and expression to it well, yeah. I mean, the, the the primary thing we think about Tellarites is that they, you know, the, the, it's the Sarek line that sticks with everybody. You know, Tellarites do not argue for reason; they merely argue, and that's kind of been their their go to log line for the whole race. But mm-hmm. they're they're so overdue for development. Uh, but but yeah, there's nothing in this paragraph that's nothing uh, pig related, porcine. Nothing except for the snout, and then you think, well, you know, Freddie Phillips, you know, dollar ninety eight makeup budget or whatever they were able to come <laughs> up with. The sunken eyes was always kind of the thing that uh, that was the strike against Tellerites, I think. But the bushy headed and the beards, okay, got that. But um, yeah, from this one description of snout, how they be, and really barely glimpsed, they'd get thrown into the council scene in Star Trek Four, maybe absent totally through Next Generation. Uh, in the animated, once or twice, but it, and again, it wasn't till those glimpses on Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And yes, but you did you researched all that, yeah. You know, uh, you raised something really interesting about the 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 sort of eye holes. The fact that we don't really <laughs> see the eyes of the actors playing those Tellarites in the original mm-hmm. series because of the way the makeup went. And thinking about it now, you kind of wonder how much that affected the impact of this race in general. You know, it was. I wonder if people really took them seriously as an actual race. I mean, when you can't really see the eyes of someone, whether you want to go with the idea of the eyes being the window to the soul, or or even just legitimizing those actors as and their experience on the show, it just feels like there must have been some kind of disconnect watching that race with not able to really tune into them as as being truly <clears throat> alive characters and. Uh, yeah, just a, just a thought right now. Well, I think aside from maybe the animated series, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head once or twice if they were mute. Yeah. But I think those Enterprise Tellarites were the first ones with actual lines. But mm-hmm. I it, so so much of what we think about Tellarites comes from Journey to Babel, and, and what came on screen even in 1967 is is a big leap from her brief description here. But even just going back to the eye holes, if you think about it. You know, yes, they gave him this argumentative debate 
uh, mantra, but just for the actors having to look out those eye holes and maybe tilting their, maybe the whole thing about the Tellerite. I don't know if you've noticed this, Harry, but Tellerites just have that whole head attitude thing going on. <laughs> maybe the whole root of that was those actors just trying to look out the eye holes to make contact. And it even added more to that arrogant, you know, nose in the air. And just whatever that snout was. By the time they finished delivering lines and tr- feeling like they had that eye connection, the, the, the aura of the Tellerite stubborn nose in the air, pig nose, was born. I don't know. What do you think? I, 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 really, I think that's actually really insightful. I mean, you've got – it became such a distinguishing feature. And I think when you are coming from a bit of a background in mask, when you become – you know, any actor who would have been in that makeup would have been looking in a mirror – and seeing what is it that I have here? What is what is this face? What is being represented? What do I have to present as being uniquely, specifically this character? And the the, the snout, that nose was, apart from the hair, it was absolutely that. So it would be very tempting <laughs> to to make the most of it, right? To really be presenting that and and. Uh, like and like almost like a peacock it's like this is what distinguishes me this is what i have in this scene so it's um i think yeah entirely the combination of just trying to look at, look through the mask and then also working with the mask uh, definitely gave us that sense well i i've just i'm sitting here talking about it with you i just going back to these these buried assumptions subconscious i think we've always yeah. i mean i've always taken it away that the Tellarites of the founders of the founders of the Federation, the major races, they may be looked – and maybe it doesn't reflect in their technology level at all. But maybe they're – subconsciously people look at them like the runt of the litter of all the Federation founders. I mean they, they don't get the respect that others do. And, and if that came through any of what you brought to it, I should whip it back around to you know, what yeah, you're doing. No, I, yeah, I appreciate that. I think that it really didn't – for me, it didn't um, – I didn't bring a sense of an inferiority at all to it. I think oh, no, what yeah. I was what I was quite kindly gifted by all the people who've worked on the race in terms of description and, com- and compilation of of the traits of the Tellarites past is that there's a very legitimate they're they're coming at things legitimately. It's not just argument for argument's sake. Mm-hmm. To me, it was a little bit more. It, it was a means of engagement, and so there was. It, it felt valid. It felt like I had a grounding for where that was coming from. Um, and so to me, it was, I had no problem representing that and realizing that as, as, um, as a legitimate perspective rather than something that was just sort of, Oh, a throwaway. Oh, they just, they just like to argue for no specific reason. I think that uh, for me, I came to a perspective from a, from the sense of they're doing it to, to take the measure of their environment and of the people mm-hmm. in that environment and to understand exactly how to navigate within it and that there was a true intelligence behind it. And even in Enterprise, you know, we see those first exchanges with Ambassador Grawl and, and um, Archer. Archer, yeah. Um, that, there's, that measure is being taken. You know, it's just one mm-hmm. line and he's, he's taking him in, he's assessing him, he's getting a sense of what that is. And I think that it's... Um, it's a very intellectual approach mm-hmm. and then you get to tap into the passion of it as well it's not just it's not cold intellect it's not cold emotionless um like we see represented with some other races so i find that combination really fascinating and it totally aligned with it really so to me i like 
I was really excited for the chance, which I think we got more of in the, the short track, mm-hmm. to represent that uh, race with a little bit more color and dimension. And just to add anything that I could to it, to that representation. Well, if I don't ruffle too many feathers here or, or you know, bring down the uh, <laughs> our friends at CBS, but is it, can we say, have you heard if we're going to have more teller, if there's managing ways to have tellerites in the new format or? Keep watching. Yeah. Keep watching. Okay. Yeah. The famous two words. Well, I, just what you'd be able to do with <laughs> we talk about species diversity and just not having token tellerites, even though the same actress playing. I'm all for having. I mean, I want you to f- be fully employed by the tellerite yeah. <laughs> character society. But sure. I, I would love to see more tellerites out there. However, it can be arranged. Whatever you know works in a story, because you've done so much with differentiating these these guys before uh, these these different characters, and especially with with uh, with crit. And that it was a great turn and getting to and thank God you didn't have the eye sockets because you're working that Tellarite, um, <laughs> that visage, uh, I have to say, Harry. So what are we going to do? How, what, are we, what can we do to get more? Teller- I, I, we came up with a plan at Vegas. I, you had the perfect hashtag. Yeah. You know, I, I think everyone would agree that it's uh, it's hashtag. It's time for Teller Prime. That's what I've said for years. That's yeah, what I've I said mean, for years, man. We've got this. We've got this home world just waiting to be uh, explored. <laughs> so, Trivia time, Harry. What's the yeah. only founding Federation member whose home world we've never visited on film? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So exactly. there's, I, I think, a mini series in order, really. I think so. I think so. Because you're going to need an awful lot of. You couldn't. Ha- you could probably handle four or five of the roles, but you're still going to need an extra one or two. So I know where you can get. Uh, people with experience mm-hmm. um, <laughs> do you have any 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 names come off the top of your head there uh let me i'll forward let me send you my business card with a couple of names on it um <laughs> listen harry we, we we should wrap it up here but uh, you know when it comes to tellerites you can never talk too much because they've had so much attention over the years but i really want to thank you for jumping in with us and talking and um yeah your your reactions to dorothy's memo here were exactly mine we've come so far the whole thing about being a cold planet when that kind of shifted the andorians um they, they could still be cold and 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 all that but it's it's fascinating to see how far something has come and i gotta say uh at least in your case it's in good hands man well i really appreciate that larry thanks a lot it's a pleasure diving into all things tellerite with you again well uh it will and you know what maybe we'll have occasion to talk about tellerites or something else down the line if you come back sometime looking forward to it okay the trek files is produced by roddenberry entertainment executive producer rod roddenberry additional production by ken ray all of our documents are available right there on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. And for more great podcasts and more every year, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47, that's me, at larrynimichek.com. Trek well, everybody. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.